0: Today's guest is Dr. Amy Sapola. I fell in love with Amy in this interview. You guys are going to love her too. She is so wise. Like truly, I'm like, if you want to get healthy, just listen to her. She's got figure it figured out. Um, so she is the director of pharmacy. It's a little play on words there. It's pharmacy with an F at the chef's garden. Um, so she actually is a pharmacist and has a uh, bachelor's in nutrition. Um, and she's also a wellness coach and does functional medicine. Um, so. this is the coolest interview. So I, you guys know, I love, I I think you might know if you've (laughs) followed me for a little bit, I am obsessed with regenerative agriculture and work with Rep Provisions, um, who does regenerative animal products, but the chef's garden, they actually provide the plants. I've been waiting for this. I'm like, here you are. And it's really cool how it happened. And she shares in the beginning, um, that they used to only serve chefs who wanted, um, high quality plants grown in a regenerative agriculture environment, but through COVID with all the restaurants closing, like silver lining for us, they opened it up to the general public. And so now there's both, right? So super cool. So if you're looking for regenerative plants, yay check out the chef's garden. Um, we'll link up everything, the show notes that you need. We get into, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like why this is so exciting to me that there's plants grow up on the regenerative farms. Listen, because she's going to explain right in the beginning, like how regenerative works, you know, what that looks like, why it matters. Um, and then we get into intuitive eating. Gosh, we just roll. We get into all of our, you know, just two women that are very, very passionate about human and planetary health just all of our thoughts on that. And it's, it's just great. So I, I, at the end, you'll hear me. I'm like, I want to come out there. I want to come out there and film and show people what your guys' farm looks like. So if you guys are super interested in me doing that, hit me up and let me know. But, um, if you want to check out their website, just go to farmerjonesfarm.com. Okay. So farmerjonesfarm.com and, um, check out their pharmacy home delivery vegetable boxes that we're talking about a little bit in the episode. Okay. Here is Amy Sapola. Okay, everyone, before we dive in, I got to tell you about my new favorite partnership. And this is with F2 Meals. This is through my friend, Drew Manning, Fit to Fat to Fit. If any of you know who that is, Drew, let me know that he had started a new meal prep company. And this is something I get asked about all the time. But to be honest with you, I've been a little hesitant to ever really recommend a meal prep company for two reasons. One, The food gets monotonous and it doesn't taste that good. And I just don't feel good about recommending it. And the other thing is food quality, right? So that is why I was so excited because Drew's stuff, it's like, I know it's going to have coconut oil or avocado oil or olive oil instead of crappy stuff, right? And on top of it, when he sent me some to try, I was like, I mean, my reaction was like, Holy crap. I mean, they are so good. That's the thing is they taste so good. These are keto meals, but even if you're not keto, I've been eating them like crazy, even though I'm not keto because it's doing all the hard stuff. It's all the vegetables and meats and all the things that I don't want to feel, you know, I don't feel like making. So like, for example, I've got with me, if you're watching on YouTube, if not on audio, I've got like a barbecue chicken wrap here and a bacon scramble and a zoodles and meatballs and some coconut waffles. And even my kids have been scarfing these things. That's how good they are. So wanted to throw those your way with a discount. If you want to use code coach, Terry and get 10% off at F2 meals.com. And we've got a link in the show notes. Okay. We'll get on with the show. Okay. So Amy, I don't think it's going to be any surprise to my podcast audience that I'm very excited to interview you and to talk about regenerative agriculture and the plant side. I'm like, where have you been? Cause I know a lot of regenerative ranchers that do regenerative meat, but I'm like, where do you get the plants? Who's selling these? Where do you know? <laughs> like I literally haven't found anybody before you guys. And so can you tell me a little bit about what you guys do and who you sell to and how that's evolved?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm Amy Cipolla. I'm director of pharmacy with an F at the Chef's Garden in Huron, Ohio. Real quick, just, you know, my background a little bit too. I'm a doctor of pharmacy. I have an undergraduate degree in nutrition, kind oh. of brings all my passions together, cooking and gardening and all the things to come and be at the Chef's Garden. For the last 30 years, we've really focused on chefs around the world, the best chefs, the best restaurants, selling like 600 800 different varieties of vegetables. We have 10,000 different SKUs that we sell, like all different parts of the vegetables and herbs, Um, but we're a regenerative farm. So that means that we're using farming practices that give back to the earth, really farming in harmony with nature versus just like take, 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 right? So there's no monoculture going on where we are with 600, 800 different varieties. We really have a lot of diversity. We use cover cropping. So what we found though, is we have an on-site lab too, that actually does nutrient density testing on our vegetables right what? now. We're primarily looking at minerals, but we find that our farming practices actually grow more nutrient dense vegetables as well. So um, Oh my gosh, earth, but it's good for you. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Yes. I'm like so obsessed with, that. okay. So let's for somebody who doesn't understand what you mean by like, we're giving back to the earth with, can you explain how that works?
1: Yeah, totally. So if you grow like in a monoculture way, right? And you're using tillage and all those things, you're taking away nutrients from the soil like season after season. And we know right now that like the amount of soil erosion or depletion, like kind of worldwide is not sustainable. There's only so much soil. And once that's gone, you're not able to grow things well and with the nutrient density. And over the last like 50 years, we've seen like 20 to 40% decrease in vitamins and minerals in the soil already. So when we talk about giving back to the soil, what we're talking about is using cover crops. So that's using, we use like eight to 12 different varieties of plants and each of them are putting something back into the soil because some plants will pull things out of the soil. Some plants will put nutrients back into the soil. The perfect example of that is legumes, right? Like you grow legumes because they're putting nitrogen into the soil. So we grow a variety like mixed species, cover crop. And then sometimes depending on what it is and where we're at, we'll potentially mulch that like providing like a green mulch. Right. And then mm. using minimal tillage. Cause when you till, you not only disrupt the soil structure, you disrupt all of the microbes that are there and that are serving a huge function. Right. And yeah. so just like in your own microbiome, you want a really healthy mix of microbes in the soil and you don't want to disrupt that. And so by minimizing tillage, by having the cover crops, we're trying to build our soil versus just like continually pull from the soil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like cover crops, you know, like for somebody who's not familiar with this world, like yeah. what does it look like when you're looking at a farm and you're seeing what does a monocrop look like and what does a cover crop garden look like?
1: Yeah. So if I think of monocrops is when you drive like anywhere in the Midwest and you see yeah. like just fields of corn or fields of soybeans, right? And we talk about the effect of that on even pollinators and like the ecosystem that it's really tough on the pollinators when for miles, all there is is corn, right? But then also like looking at that diversity and how do you increase diversity? So in cover crops, we're just using different plants like clovers, like vetch, legumes, just different like vegetables, herbs, different plants that help cover the ground. They provide a root system that helps keep water and moisture there too. So it reduces runoff also helps filter the water that's going into streams Mm. and it helps keep water and moisture in the soil. So you require less input. So you're not having to always be watering your crops,
0: right? It holds in the water and the soil doesn't heat up as much from that cover crop. Mm -hmm. So it's like even less water, Besides the root structures, you're not just trying to keep these plants from dying on this hot, blazing bare ground. So wow. yeah, we did, uh, when we did our event out at Rep Provisions Ranch in Oklahoma last summer, he made a little simulator for us. So he just left the wild grass prairie that grows naturally there in Oklahoma. And he had this little area of land. And then the other half he made, he planted a monocrop. He was like, it kills me, but <laughs> it's for a good purpose, right? Of corn. And we timed it. He made a rainfall simulator coming out of the middle going on both sides and it was something like 12 minutes or something until all of the monocrop the corn it just started running into this PVC pipe and we let the natural what you're describing as a cover crop we let that go for 4 hours before we even finally just turned it off cuz we're like it's never going to run off into this thing, right? And that's I'll highlight that was the thing that me when I was learning about regenerative was like, wow, just the thought of how the topsoil runs off into our waterways and then into the oceans we just lose it. Yeah. Right. We can't keep up. We can't keep up. So this is amazing. 10,000 SKUs. Wow. This is so cool. And you were sharing with me that you guys opened it to the public during COVID right. Because all the yeah. restaurants were shut down and I'm like, well, what a blessing COVID was in a way. Cause like I was saying, I'm like, you're the first people I found that sell regenerative vegetables, plants, right? Like it's hard yeah. to find. So
1: it's, yeah. You know, that's a good resource crazy. for people like me. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Now we're one of the few farms too, that we're selling what we grow, right. We're not like buying it from all sorts of places. We're selling what we're growing and you know, it's grown on our farm and you know, it's grown with these practices. And the other thing is we harvest to order. So like, we're not just harvesting everything and then letting it sit for a long time and then shipping it. Right. we're Like kind of in the grocery store where it gets shipped but like, it gets picked kind of unripe and then shipped a long distance and then sits on the shelf for a long time. Ours is you place your order, we harvest it, and then you wow. overnight it to your home so that it shows up at your doorstep the next day. So it really also, helps to retain the nutrients and the flavor. That's what everybody talks about is like, this tastes like vegetables used to taste. And I think yeah. that's a really big thing is we know statistically, like from CDC data that people just aren't eating vegetables like we used to. And not getting anywhere near the recommended amounts. And I think part of that is some of the vegetables are so flavorless now and it's coming back to some of the heirloom varieties and the varieties that really have so much flavor and so much color. And the beauty of it is like the phytonutrients, which everyone talks about is like being antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Those are what give vegetables their color and their flavor and their scent. And so not only are the vegetables that are like the most colorful and fragrant and like delicious, not only do they taste the best, but those are actually the highest in phytonutrients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I have a friend who's a chef and I went out to a little, I guess you could call it like a retreat, but it was just a bunch of friends that put it together for other friends. It was really beautiful. He cooked for all of us and his recipes were so incredibly simple. It wasn't like he did some outlandish thing. He's like, you just get high quality food and it just tastes amazing. It's about the quality of the vegetables, the quality of the meat, the quality of the bread. He's getting it from a local baker. That's super high commitment to quality. It's like, Whoa, this is so good. And it does. I think you're right. Like a lot of the reason people aren't eating plants anymore is while like one, they're trying to avoid glyphosate all over the Mm -hmm. place. Right. Two, it just tastes like bland. And I think, I actually think this is one of the main reasons we're seeing it. I mean, it's multifactorial, of course but the nutrient density of our high nutrient foods is so much lower. You said 20 to 40% lower. Like you think you're eating really healthy, but you're missing all these key vitamins and minerals. I'm curious in your guys' lab testing, like, are there, I don't know, maybe you don't know, but like, are there certain vegetables that you've noticed like, wow, this is like really different when grown in a regenerative farm versus conventional?
1: You know, I think across the board, we're coming up like higher than the USDA average on most of our vegetables. But one thing that I find really interesting is we talk about eating like root to leaf a lot of times and like not wasting, right? Because there's so much, like if you look at even like beets and beet greens, if you look at the mineral analysis on those, the beet root actually has less minerals than the leaves, like the leaves or the greens actually more nutritious than the root itself, but we have so much focus on the root, right? And then we throw those greens away or they don't even come with the greens on them. So I think part of it is just surprising, like looking at those things. The other thing we've been looking at lately is purslane, which is like a common garden weed, (laughs) but it actually contains omega-3s. And one of the things, um,
0: yeah.
1: So one of the things we talk about, like, especially with vegan and vegetarian populations who aren't consuming fish, like What's a clean source that you can get for omega 3s, right? Like you can have walnuts, flax. The other thing is purslane. And so for about a 100 grams of purslane, I don't even know what you're. Okay, so sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. 100 grams of purslane has like 300 to 400 milligrams of omega 3s, which is pretty good. So, and it's like a succulent herb. Like you can put it in salads. It just is kind of like a green. It is a little bit, it's like moist. I don't know how to describe Uh it, but. It has a lemony flavor to it. It's delicious. So do you guys sell that? Yeah, we do. Process? How yeah. do you spell what you're saying? It's u r s l a n e i wish I had some behind me. I don't have personally with me today, but.
0: Wow. I, I've never even heard of it. And yeah, what you're saying about the beets, like we're kind of being. I feel like the centralization of food and grocery stores has caused a lot of problems. Honestly, yeah. it's like, I'm grateful for it. It seemed like a really great idea, but now it's causing like a lot of problems, but we're kind of being dictated. Like this is how you eat by the grocery stores. Right. So it's just like, I have never eaten beet greens. I didn't even know you could, or that they taste good. I've never even tried personally, you know, and I'm pretty into yeah. food, but like, that's such a good thing to know. And yet yeah, there's some documentary, maybe you remember the name, what is it called? Is it like It's like wasted or rotten or something like that on Netflix where they're talking about all the food waste.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. And that's, I even think about peeling carrots. Like I'm very against peeling vegetables, which is a weird thing to be against, but I feel like you waste so much of the vegetable. And if it's grown in a healthy environment, that is the interface with the microbiome of the soil. So really realistically, washing off the soil is great, but you don't necessarily want to wash off or peel off all the microbes. And then that skin is what protects the plant. So say a carrot, like that skin is what protects it. And so that's where the highest concentration of phytonutrients will be anyway. Wow. Don't peel it off and throw it away. And like those little snack carrots are like the core of the carrot, which is not bad, but it's like the least right. nutritious, least tasty part of the carrot. And so they're convenient, wow. but they aren't like necessarily like the most nutritious part of the carrot.
0: So wow, um, that's a really, really great point people always like kind of tease me because I love sweet potatoes. It's like ridiculous how much I love sweet potatoes. (laughs) And they're like, Ooh, you eat the skin. I'm like, it's so good. Yes. And then I've gotten crap when I'm staying with friends at Airbnbs. They're like, you need to scrub your potatoes more. And I'm like, dude, they're fine. Like I don't have to like scrub the crap out of them. Like they're okay. So but that's a really great point about how it's the interface with the soil microbiome. Right. So,
1: yeah. So important just to be grown in healthy conditions where they're not using like, potatoes can be super high in pesticides, right. And herbicides right. and all the things, but if you're getting them from a place that's using regenerative practices, not using the synthetic inputs, like that makes all the difference. And that skin of the potato is so healthy and has fiber and all the phytonutrients and things. Right. So totally worth consuming.
0: Wow! Wow, that is awesome. Okay, so like I'm thinking ten thousand excuses. So like, what are some of the parts of plants? I'm not. We got beet greens, and we've got yeah. this. Like all the. What are some different things that people might not know that you can eat on plants that are like kind of popular? Maybe amongst your chefs, or just good ones to think of.
1: One of the things I was emailing our team about recently is this. Like, okay, so if you look at a zucchini plant, like the stem. So the plant, like leading up to the leaf are edible and people have been making noodles out of them, like cutting them up like a penne. And I think that's amazing. So that's one of them is like zucchini, like stems, like the plant stems. We have something called a root beer leaf, which we sell. And it's a leaf that literally tastes like root beer. (laughs) And it's awesome. Like to wrap fish in and steam or like, like a low carb wrap. We I'm trying to think of all the things like we have all different sizes too. So, a lot of our chefs like things really small. And the yeah. an interesting thing about the really small size is they haven't really gone into a lot of starch production, right? So, they're mm-hmm. generally smaller, really high in nutrients, and really compact and flavorful. And so, I guess I can just show you like some of our cute little, like we have little tiny zucchinis, like little round zucchini. Wow. We have,
0: you're like, if you're not watching and you're listening, and that was like the size of like a, half the size of a tennis ball <laughs>
1: yeah you can see like our cute little eggplants right and so using small vegetables also just like the unique ones so we have colors like so this is like a purple bell pepper
0: my gosh guys and, if you're not watching on youtube you want what i've never seen a purple bell pepper I know. and this
1: is like the coolest like light light yellow bell pepper wow. um, so some of it just comes from like the color variation too one of our boxes is called eat the rainbow because literally Mm -hmm. every month we're putting vegetables from each color of the rainbow in it. And just that like sensory experience. I know I'm really into like mindful and intuitive eating. And so just that sensory experience of like seeing the food and like appreciating the beauty and like the depth of color, I think can Mm -hmm. really like change the eating experience and also can give Mm -hmm. you like so much appreciation for the meal that you're eating.
0: A hundred percent. There's something very, It's almost like healing. At least that's how I feel to be like with like chopping up vegetables. How many more can I add in and make? You know, it's just this appreciation, this connectedness to Mother Earth, gratitude. It's almost hypnotic when you're chopping up vegetables and cooking. You're kind of in this flow and you're touching your food, you're connected to it. Yeah. And boxes like this, my mind went to, I bet people are like, well, what am I going to make with that stuff? I don't know what to make. And this is just my, you know, I'm sure you guys have lots of support on this, but my, personal opinion is pretend that you live in nature. Okay. You're like living outside and you found food and you're just trying to figure out, like get creative. If you will just add fat and salt, literally everything will taste good. So just find your preferred fat. If you're an avocado oil or or olive oil or beef tallow or lard or bacon, if you cook vegetables and baking grease and add the chopped up bacon and put a bunch of salt on it, like my kids devour that devour. So
1: exactly, um, (laughs) it is really simple, and I think a lot of times we just overcomplicate it. And I was just reading a blog recently on like I think (laughs) it sounds really simple, and maybe it's a little past its prime, but I think just even having a spiralizer, like I have a three and a six year old, and pretty much any vegetable as a noodle goes over great with kids, right? And Mm -hmm. my husband and I like it that way. And then Mm -hmm. Vitamix or like a high speed blender is amazing. Like you can make vegetables into super smoothies or whatever so fast and then a food processor and like a mandolin and you're good like (laughs) those things maybe some sharp knives but it really doesn't require like a ton of effort and sometimes it's just appreciating the beauty of like the plant as it is and like you said like that energy of the plant plants like their energy vibrates like a lot slower than ours they like move more slowly right but like tuning into that and taking time yourself to like slow wow. down can wow. really be a nourishing experience. And I think yeah. that's one of the things about food and even taking the time to cook for yourself or others. I think it's like giving yourself like that love and like it compassion is. and nourishment. I think that just changes the eating experience.
0: A hundred percent. It's uh once you get into that flow, I don't really like eating out very much anymore. If it's going to be some beautiful experience where they put a lot of love into it, you know, I appreciate that. But once you get into that flow and you learn how, not only like how easy it is, like it really is, it's not that hard, roast some potatoes and chop them up real quick and throw them in the oven with a bunch of avocado oil and salt on them. And they're freaking delicious. If you let them cook long enough, they get all crispy. It's like, oh, I'm going to throw rosemary on them today. Or I can't wait to eat that. And you can just have them going in the oven while you're doing your other stuff. It's like, no problem. We're just chopping up random stuff into a salad and getting creative with it. It doesn't take that much time, but the time that it does take, you're exactly right. It's needed. We live in such a fast paced society and there's kind of a lack of gratitude that comes in. If all you're doing is like, Doordash and easy stuff. But that's what I mean by healing. It's there's something extremely healing by connecting to things that came from the earth, appreciating them, taking time. I love that you're talking about the vibration of the vegetables is slower and they literally pull us into that little bit of a slower pace, which is Mm -hmm. in my opinion, one of the biggest problems in human health right now is that we are so fast paced. We are just gassing ourselves out. Everyone's drugging themselves with caffeine and stimulants to be able to keep up with the fast pace. And being able to connect back to mother earth, just through your food like this. And when you get a box, I've done boxes like this before. When you get a box like this and it's like, well, for me, I've done ones where you don't know what you're going to get. Right. It's just like, whatever's in there is what you get it's something better and choose from you guys, yeah. but it's fun. It's like, Ooh, it's like a challenge. It's like, what am I going to do with it? So it's like, it's just like a little bit of joy. And I love that you guys are delivering straight to people's doorstep. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and it's nice. like super convenient.
1: Yeah, we have our best of the season boxes like that, where literally it's the best of the day, whatever looks amazing is going to go in that box. And so I think people like that for that reason, that it's kind of a little bit of a challenge and some of the things that you're like, what is this? But then you do a little research and you can figure it out, but it gives you a chance to kind of broaden into some different vegetables and kind of stay in eating with the seasons. And I think that's another Really important aspect is like, how do you really tune into eating seasonally? And I think that too puts you in tune with like the bigger picture and and is grounding, right? And although, whatever, avocados and apples and all the things are great year round, what can you do to eat what's seasonal right now locally? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It connects you to the greater whole. Let's talk about that a little bit. Intuitive eating, I know is something that you're big on and I am too. Sometimes it's being in the nutrition world. It's, it's tough, right? Because people are programmed. There's a lot of messages out there to people. Like, this is what you do. And people come to me all the time. They're like, just tell me exactly what to eat. And I'm like, "Um, first of all, you're not going to do it. (laughs) Second of all, I don't want you to do that. You're going to get so nutrient depleted. It's like, okay, fine. There's a way I do it. It's like, I will give you some ideas. I will give you a quote unquote menu, but I'm just being real with you. You're not going to do this. (laughs) You might do it for a little while and then you're going to give up and you're going to get really unnecessary mode of I'm failing, forget it. I'm just going to go eat McDonald's and whatever. It's just so unnecessary. It's such a disservice. I'm like, so here's some ideas, but I want you to bring in your creative flow. What sounds good to you? What is, because maybe you feel the same way with intuitive eating, but our bodies have such different needs depending on what is going on with them. So for women, where you're at in your cycle for everyone, how was your sleep like last night? What are your stress levels? How much sun is there? How much have you been out in the sun? Your body is telling you how much did you train? Did you train like a beast or do you never work out? Like your body's going to have different needs all the time. And if so, if you can start to tap in with joy right? Like truly honoring that. Like, wow, sweet potatoes actually do not sound good today. All I want is like steak and wok and protein and fat. And like, that just sounds so good today. And maybe tomorrow, all I want is blueberries and Greek yogurt and strawberries and oranges and bananas and apple. Like as I've leaned into that, my body has just thrived. So I'm curious where, what your thoughts are on intuitive eating and maybe how somebody People tell me all the time, Terry, you can't just tell people to intuitively eat because they're just going to intuitively eat Twinkies and donuts and whatever. And I'm like, well, they probably have candida. We can talk about that later. But <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. dude, no. Yes, people can. I'm sorry. Yes, they can. They can pay yeah. attention to the healthy cravings. The healthy, what sounds good. So anyway, I'm blabbing. Yeah, what, what are no, you? No,
1: I love that, and I so <laughs> agree. And people say the exact same things to me about it too. But what I would say is part of intuitive and mindful eating is really tuning in with your body and having that introspection that you yeah. start to listen and take that pause and actually listen to what your body needs. Cause it's not about just like following cravings, but it's actually about listening right. to your needs and wow. that's a lot different. And so sometimes it does take a little time because <laughs> I mean, if you look at all the processed food and stuff out there, that's meant to have you crave it. Right. And if yeah. you're on that, It messes up your own internal knowing. So sometimes it does. It can be so hard and so confusing at first. But with time and with kind of that like self kindness and letting go of like the judgment and that like falling into like oh my gosh I ate something and now I'm just gonna go totally fear
0: and mania right
1: yeah yeah (laughs) like letting go of that. The biggest thing is kind of noticing. So noticing how you feel right. So like. Eat what you're hungry for, notice how you feel, and kind of learn from that. Right. And so maybe you learn from it, and that is an awesome experience. And you had the steak and guacamole, and you feel so good now. And you know that next time you're craving protein, like that's maybe a go to. But maybe you ate that and you're like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. I don't feel good. I'm not digesting it well. Like, what went wrong? So it's learning from each kind of eating experience and adapting. And then having the like self-compassion to not always have to do it. Like nobody does it a hundred percent of the time. Right. Nice. And one of the things I talk to people about a lot is like, we are so in this fight or flight state where we're distracted, we're stressed. Like we are not in a rest and digest state when we sit down to eat. And I see so much like GI troubles, all of this gut issues, right. And like terrible digestion. And I have all these digestive problems. And, digestion starts before you even start eating digestion starts when you smell your food when you see your food and so if you're going into a meal experience and you're super stressed out and you're thinking about you hate your boss and you got in a wreck or you were in a traffic jam like you are not going to digest your food well and it doesn't matter the quality at that point right because you can eat the best food in the world But if you're eating it and you're pissed off and you are (laughs) not watching the news or whatever else, you are not going to be able to digest that. And your body's not going to be able to use it like it would otherwise. So
0: yeah, you're just diverting blood flow away from your gut and then trying to digest food without the proper motility and function that it needs. And if you're not so aligned, I just, I had to highlight what you said about, um, just noticing, just noticing. There are plenty of times that I'm out with my kids. I might have an ice cream with them or, you know, if we're having a movie night and they're having some m ms or whatever, I might have some MMs. ms There's literally no pressure or judgment. It's just pure choice. And then just noticing how I feel that, I mean, I used to, I definitely used to have all these like binge restrict, just really crazy. God, that life sucked. It was just this like second conversation in my head all the time. And healing from that has come from exactly what you said. It's just self-compassion, just taking off the pressure and just noticing, okay, I don't really like the way I feel after I eat donuts. I just don't really like it. So the next time donuts are around, it's like, eh, I can have those of course. But like, I think I'd rather have this yummy protein shake or protein bar that like, I feel really good after I eat that. So it becomes about how you feel in a non-judgmental way. And sometimes I might be like, no, I choose the donuts this time. It's worth it, you know? And it's just, that's it. That's all there is to it. Sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm a little woo woo. I talk to my body and I have a relationship with my body. And sometimes I'll be in the grocery store in the produce section. And I'm like, what do you need?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I just wait. And it's like, I need arugula. I'm like, okay. And it's fun. It's fun. I really think that it's communication from the body. But even if it's just me making up stuff, it's still fun. It is still something in me is saying that sounds good. And that's intuitive eating
1: to me. And that's the biggest thing I think is really being able to tune in and listen. And so much of the time we're in our heads, like doing all this other stuff or just preoccupied and listening to what your body needs is so different. And I Mm -hmm. think just taking time to breathe, like (laughs) how often are we not even like taking a breath before you eat? So most of the time I work with clients and I'll say, put your feet on the floor, feel yourself in the chair, take yeah. three deep breaths before you even start eating. And that in itself can totally change your experience. And then if you want to go farther, look at your meal, smell your meal, think about how it was prepared, and then maybe start eating. But it doesn't have to be like a long process and people don't even need to know you're doing it. Like it's yeah, pretty much right. You can do it anywhere, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. And I find if I fill myself with gratitude, you know, I was very, very poor growing up. Right. And so I know what it's like as a little kid, like to not have food, like you're just really hungry and there's just not food. And I am really grateful for that experience because now I'm eating like regenerative, organic, like really wonderful food. I'm so grateful. I'm like eternally grateful. It comes in all the time. I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful for this. I'm so lucky. I know what it's like to not be able to have this. And so filling myself with gratitude, it brings joy into the eating experience. And I think if you're in that state, obviously you're going to be more in your parasympathetic and be able to digest well. And I've had wonderful digestion. I'm grateful for that. And I really do think a lot of it is this, what we're talking about. It's joy. It's joy with your food. It's gratitude. It's love. It's being present. It's listening. And everything that you just described about intuitive eating Exactly. If that practice we do that, like in every area of your life, it will bring so much joy and alignment. Just noticing
1: how I feel when I choose that it's, but it's that's just my beauty. And like, I, yeah. so I really have studied like mindful eating and I'm trained through the center for mindful eating. And I highly recommend looking at their website, but they really mindfulness, they're like coming back to mindfulness, mindfulness can be practiced. Like you said, in all aspects of life, and you can't intuitively eat without that mindfulness piece, yes. right? And so, yes. it's bringing that like non judgmental presence and just right. like being present for what's going on right here, right now not in the future, not in the past, but like what's right now.
0: Yep. And I just have to vouch. I mean, what you're saying is that's the process I use to help people get past like bin restrict type stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, you can eat whatever you want and just come in, just notice how you feel when you do like really truly. And you can't lie to yourself. You can't say I can eat whatever I want. And then there's this 1% like, no, don't eat it. Nope. Just have the candies. People are, they're hooked on gas station at 10 o'clock at night by, you know, and I was like, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Get like, go ahead. Like truly you just notice how you feel after you do. It. And it's just that permission just, it's so relaxing. It helps people to come back into themselves and just truly choose. So yeah. Thank you for sharing
1: that. Yeah. That's, um, an awesome book by Fred Provenza called nourished. And he talks in there about animals a lot, but like in animals and Like having them on pasture and feeding them like a multivitamin supplement versus like individual nutrients and like being fed a multivitamin supplement, they'll overconsume it because they're looking for one nutrient potentially. Mm -hmm. Like, say they're zinc deficient and it only has so much zinc in that multivitamin, they may like consume more than they need of that multivitamin just trying to get enough zinc. And so, I think having that like diversity in your diet and not like just having everything like as a multivitamin essentially, but actually having different nutrients and being okay with not having the same thing every day can be so, so valuable.
0: So valuable. Like it kills me when I see people eating that. I know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I have egg whites, oats, (laughs) <laughs> and with sugar-free syrup or whatever every morning. And then I have chicken and then I have the same vegetable and then I have chicken again. And then I have the same vegetable and I have chicken again. And then I have the same vegetable. It's just like, that's it might quote unquote, change your body. Yeah. I'm sure it will change your body composition, but like think how nutrient depleted you are in so many ways. And you hit a great point about cravings, my sweet potato love that I mentioned. One thing that I learned when I did a hair mineral analysis, I needed more manganese and sure enough. And I also have this love with garbanzo beans, chickpea, right? Like I'm obsessed. Like I can't get enough. Both are super high in manganese. I was like, Oh my gosh, there it is. <laughs> no That's wonder I'm thing. just pummeling them. You know what I mean? But my body needed them. Yeah. I think it's a great way to get it. So I'm not complaining, but
1: you can learn so much from listening to your body. That's the thing. <sighs> like you don't need really expensive blood tests necessarily. Like you know, you know, those are the foods that you need and you were already doing it. And like the blood test totally confirms it, which is so cool. And I hear that all the time that people like, they know what's going on and they know what they're craving. And it's sometimes it's just that like reassurance that they're right. And a lot of times you're trusting like the external, like you're trusting the expert (laughs) or you're trusting somebody else, but you know, inside of you. I feel you
0: so much. Oh my gosh, really it's just like so we are so aligned. So I have a book called Short Term Keto. It's all do keto, not forever. So I did keto and I personally feel like I did it a lot longer than I needed to. I did it for a full year. I don't think I needed to do keto that long. And what started to happen was exactly what you're describing. It was like, I just felt so unsatisfied. And I was like, I know if I could just have some blueberries or strawberries or a freaking apple or something, like I know I would be good but I can't because I'm doing keto. So I'm just going to eat all these nut butters and these keto cookies and these people and just still it's not working. And so finally I just said, forget it. And I was like, I'm just, I know what my body needs and it needs carbs and man, my blood work went up. My gut health went up. My body composition went up. I felt better mentally. And I was very, very deep in the keto community at this time. Right. So I was like, I don't care. I'm doing it. This is what my body needs. And so I ended up writing a book about it and sharing that with people, you know, keto can be a very helpful intervention for people who need it. But at that point in my journey, I did not need it. I did not need to be keto any longer. And my body was like, Hey, why don't you just like eat some carbs? That would be like really awesome. If you could just eat some carbs, please eat some carbs, please eat some carbs. carbs." But I was so indoctrinated into this way of thinking until I finally just started listening to myself again and everything got better. So, yeah, you know, and I say, you probably have had similar thoughts. I'm like, sometimes I feel like what I do for a living now is give people scientific reasons that their intuition was right about what they needed all along.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. That's (laughs) I'm like, just trust yourself. And that's exactly like, yeah, just reaffirming that, you know, best and like the things that have been tried and true all along. I don't think there's going to be too much research coming out that vegetables are bad for you, right? There's just certain things that are plants, vegetables, yeah, those sorts absolutely. of things, grass-fed animal protein, if that's your thing, those sorts of things are hard to argue with, I think. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that comes and goes, but our mm-hmm. own intuition and like our own kind of like nature-based whole foods, that's not really going to change. And that's kind of the the common thread among many of the Popular things that come and go, whether it's diet plans or whatever. Yeah. And I know you mentioned it before, but I think as women too, being really in tune to like the menstrual cycle and how does that change? It is normal to carve more, crave more carbs in the last week of your cycle. Right. And so I think prior to menstruation, it is extremely normal because you're producing more progesterone. So in order to support healthy hormones and healthy metabolism, that is a normal thing. It is not something that needs to be like suppressed. And yes, the other thing I would say is we've gotten so much guilt and shame around eating. And I think, like you said, going back to joy, but also like pleasure and really acknowledging the pleasure of eating and how that can be really important to your whole experience.
0: Yeah. And the whole cascade in your body. I've seen so many women, like they over consume. It's like, let me just have a bite of that cheesecake and no more. And then they end up wanting to binge on it. And it's like, if you will just like, actually just enjoy it and give yourself full permission, you'll probably end up eating less. So you just, you just eat whatever feels right. There's no weird restriction. And yes, and thank you for mentioning that on progesterone the week, of your cycle. Cause I tell people all the time. I'm like, the only way I know my period is coming is I'm really freaking hungry, <laughs> really freaking <laughs> hungry and I just eat. And it's like obviously I haven't become obese yet, and it's just it's honoring that, and I'm not killing it as much in the gym. It's just like I don't know, I'm an intuitive workouter too. So people always want to know like what's your plan, and I'm like, listen, like I'm at a level now where I can just listen, and I think everybody can honestly. It's like if I get in there and I don't feel the energy levels to go crush a weightlifting workout, I just walk, I just yeah. walk, catch up with business stuff on the phone, and go home. And I'll just wait till I feel that level and that has produced such amazing. It's produced so much ease. There's so much ease available to us. If we'll just let go and just start to listen to what we need, trust our body. I do it in meditation. I ask my body what it needs often, right? Like the other day I got back from a trip and it was like a lot of vitamin C a lot, like a lot, like take it like three times a day. And it, I was laughing because when I had gone grocery shopping the night I got back, I was getting oranges and cherries, like all these, and I never buy oranges. I was just like, <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. You need a lot of vitamin C. Got it. You know? Yeah. And it was probably just needed to kind of clear things out from traveling and being stressed and speaking and all these things. So yeah, like honoring that creates so much ease. The last thing I want to hit on with you is, okay. First, I just have to say this because it keeps popping up. Price costs money. This is I just have to say this in yes. terms of supporting regenerative agriculture. The way I look at it is look at it as I look at it as my charity that I donate to, a cause that I donate to, and I get free food. That's how I look at it. Because the that's work that's being done for Mother Earth is so freaking important. What's being done for the advances in human health is so freaking important. Like, I just want to give anyway and hey, a bonus. I get some food back. So like, if you're at all able to buy regenerative agriculture, whether it's the meats or the plants, like think of it that way. You are using your dollar to vote for one of the most important to me. There's nothing more important. I'm like, that's why I wanted to have you on. I'm like, we need all the mics and cameras we can get on regenerative because people have no idea that we're losing our topsoil. And we can't regenerate it fast enough. I actually heard from somebody on the inside loop that some of the bigger like giants that have kind of led to some of these problems, like I think it was General Mills or one of those kind of companies, they're looking into regenerative now too, because they realize they're not gonna have any crops if they don't support it. So I'm like, yay, by
1: force, we have to start (laughs) healing Mother Earth, you know. (laughs) And that's it's amazing how more and more people are kind of jumping on board, but it needs to happen quickly. And that's really I think the biggest thing. And Yes, it may cost more, but I think in the long run, like the benefits far outweigh the costs. And Wait. even just looking at healthcare spending, like 50 yeah. years ago, we spent a federal spending at like one out of every twenty dollars on healthcare. Now it's one out of every three dollars when you look at wow. federal and state budgets wow. are going to healthcare related expenses, wow. which is not sustainable. Like, how do you do right. anything else when one out of three dollars is going to healthcare and one of the statistics right. I saw is like the average insurance cost for like not like state insurance, but like average insurance cost per person. is it's around 11500 a person per year. And so if you have a family of four, I mean, you're looking at like $45, $46,000 a year just in health insurance. Insane. And so I think the cost of not being healthy is. Rising astronomically, and to the point where people just cannot afford to not do something about it, right? So, I think looking at cost avoidance, even though that's not like sexy, is also a really important thing to consider.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you're investing in your whole quality of life, and your food tastes better. Well, I look at it as supplements this way, too. You can go on Amazon let's say you want to take whatever, let's use a (laughs) multivitamin. That's a great example. You want to get a multivitamin at Walmart, right? You're going to get such a low quality thing that has such low absorption. You're spending money, but you're not, you're going to have to spend so much more money to get anything out of that. Like if anything... (laughs) And then you go, you know, I like this company called Quicksilver Scientific because it's like I like them too. Yeah, you like them, right? Like it's all liposomal. They attach them to phospholipids. They get through the cell membrane. They're a little bit more expensive. They're not that expensive, in my opinion, but a little more expensive. But you're getting so much more out of that. You're actually getting it. That's how I'm looking at regenerative meat. Rep had an independent lab tests on their meat, and it was a one to one omega three omega six ratio. uh, Omega six, you know, ratio, which is awesome. Right. Versus you're buying meat at Walmart or whatever, and you're getting probably like a nine to one omega six, omega three ratio. So it's more inflammatory. You're spending money, you're decreasing your health. Like it's just, it's wasteful. Whereas, like you could just spend it in the first place on things that are promoting your health, and you're going to end up saving money in the yeah. long term, and your whole quality of life is going to be better.
1: Yeah. And it makes me think about the research on fish oil too, because yeah. oxidized is more likely to raise LDL, which is exactly right. what you're not wanting to do. Right. Right. And so most people are taking it to lower triglycerides, but they'll see like yeah. increased LDL, if you're taking oxidized fish oil. And so thinking about quality, yeah. Quality of food, yeah. quality of supplements, right. those things matter and do have like an effect on the outcome.
0: I think you're going to spend less money in the long term. Plus if your food that you're making at home tastes good, I guarantee you that I spend less money than a lot of families on food because I hardly ever eat out. When I do, yeah. I've got four kids. I'm like, that was like 60 bucks for like burgers and fries. Like what a freaking waste you know How much like good <laughs> food I could have gotten for that. That would like last us forever. And like, we'd feel amazing after and now we're kind of like, marry, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, if you change your systems in your life, you promote it towards, things that are high quality and you let go of all this low quality, you know, it's a quantity. That's the American way is like, how much can I get for the least amount of money possible? Like that mentality is destroying us. If you can switch that in your life to how much quality can I get and let go of all these other things that I don't really need. You actually save money in the long run and your whole life is better. It's the same mentality with like shopping sales. I'm not going to go to some store because they're having a sale and just buy a whole bunch of crap. That I don't need I'm gonna wait until I need that thing and just buy it. Right. I'm yeah. gonna save time,
1: save money. So it's the same, it's a mentality. Um, I was just blogging on that today, like letting <laughs> go of that calories a calorie thing, right? Yeah. That that needs to go, that needed to go a whole long time ago because yes. quality is so important. And it's just I think I always think of like, how would I rather spend my money, right? And like you yeah. said, if you go and get you know, like heaven forbid. You have a cardiac event or something like you have a heart attack. That is a hundred thousand dollars or more. Would I rather spend a hundred thousand dollars over my lifetime buying really good food and enjoying it and having fun with my family, or would I rather spend it on heart attack? And so I think just thinking about yes, it definitely takes resources, and I understand that not everybody is in that place. But if you're in the place that you're able to make that decision, I think it's really valuing kind of yourself and kind of being able to choose that for you and your family is really impactful.
0: Even if you're in a place where you're just like, it's really tight. Cause I've been there, right. Like I used my ex-husband was a teacher and I was a stay-at-home mom and he was like a first year teacher. Right. So I've been in that place where it's like, holy crap. It was so tight, but you can be smart about it. We have Sprouts grocery stores here. They have amazing sales where we get organic stuff, whatever was on sale that was organic. That's what we ate that week. So you can make little shifts like that. I'm like, this is cheaper than like the regular grocery store for the conventional stuff. Right. So, and it feels good it feels really good. And I think if you pay attention to that feeling, it'll drive you into things that are in your own best interests. Last thing I wanted to like close with on you is like, okay, so forgive me for bringing up rep a lot because like that they're just like, it's so the regenerative experience is so wrapped up into that for me. But like when I, one thing that they do is the Eric, the rancher there is really big on helping preserve the monarch butterfly migration, right? Because we're losing it because of all these monocrops and the little weeds that they feed off of are being ripped out. So he will send, he'll zone you where you live and like send you a packet of these seeds, right? I'm like, these are the kind of people, guys. These are the kind of people. Like he just does that. He just gives you that. He's like, please throw these in your yard to help save the
1: modern butterflies.
0: There were bees. And like, there's just such an honoring in him of being a part of the greater whole versus a partaker Mm -hmm. of like, what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? It's like knowing your part. Can you share any thoughts that you have about like, just what you've learned being in this environment of what you guys are doing of being part of an ecosystem.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. And so our farm is a family farm. It's a third generation family farm owned by two brothers Bob and Farmer Lee. And Farmer (laughs) Lee is the one that you may have seen before in the overalls and bow tie. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they both will say, we're not just farming for people today. We're farming for future generations. And I think that's really how we have to think. And We have bees on the farm too. So we have like about 40 beehives on the farm. And I think it's that whole ecosystem. Like it's supporting more than just, I'm growing this one crop for one purpose. We're trying to feed people and also give back to the land and support like the ecosystem. And it's not really about like the one thing and the one ecosystem, right? It's like, it's the whole system and supporting all parts of it. So-
0: yeah. yeah. It's the same way as like the body with intuitive eating and not being like a calorie is a calorie. Like, can you lose weight doing the calorie, you know, the Twinkie diet or whatever? Yeah. But you're neglecting the entire system and you're like wrecked your hormones and you've got inflammation. And, and right. it's, it's, so it's the same way you guys are looking at it. It's just like, it's about honoring the system as a whole. We could get into carbon sequestration and like how our oceans are trying to take on too much carbon because our root systems are gone. And it's just, there's so many aspects and it's really, truly, I don't know about you. I'm sure you've had these thoughts. I'm just like, mother nature is trying to just teach us how it works. Mm -hmm. Like we just plopped onto this planet a little bit clueless by whatever theory you have about divine design or whatever. And it's like, it's about noticing, like she's teaching us all the time. Like, Hey, it works like this. And we're coming in here like, we're going to fix it and make it better. We're going to change it all up. And it's just like, ah,
1: oh, if we can just sit and more. learn. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think the thing is I talk all the time about like the innate wisdom of plants and like mm-hmm. there there's studies about antioxidants. And if you take antioxidants separately, they don't have the same effects, at least in the studies oh. that taking like eating antioxidants in wow. food and so there's this like wisdom and complexity yeah. to that we try to simplify. And like starting in the twenties wow. and thirties is when we started coming up with this like single vitamin thing where we focus wow. on like one nutrient and that's the nutrient. Oh, you know? it. it's, it's so much more than that. And when you look even just at the body systems and like, look at the Krebs cycle and methylation cycles and all the things, it's not one vitamin they're working in kind of in sync with each other and it's a complex network. And so I always like to think about that, even in farming or anything else, it's like a web, right? And so it's a complex interconnection. And I think that can be applied to so many different parts of life and farming and vegetables, but that interconnectedness is really key.
0: Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's about, I mean, we don't know how the body works. We don't know how the planet works. There's so much we don't know. And so it's like this abundance is just being given to us like here, here you go. Like, you don't have to know how it works. Just receive what I'm giving you. Okay. (laughs) Simple as that, right? Like we're making it so hard on ourselves, trying to figure it all out. And it's like, you actually don't have to, you just, just receive. It's all here for you. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay. Now you can move on. (laughs) It's like that kind of mentality. It's just accepting the abundance that is here for us. And there it, you're so right. I mean, I, I'm a fan of plant medicines psychedelic plant medicines and there's synthetic psychedelics and it's not the same as the plant ones. It is not, there's not even close in my opinion to the level of teaching and ancient wisdom that comes from the plant forms. It's like, I've been taught that it's like, see how this is not as good. Like you're not, it's good. It's helpful. It's fine. i I'm thinking of like synthetic vitamin C versus like orange, right. right? It's like, it's cool. But like, yeah, there's a complexity, I think to nature that we don't understand yet. We don't understand yet. So we might as well just receive and just trust.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I agree. All right.
0: Well, we will go ahead and close it up. I'm so glad to meet you. I like want to come out on a field trip now to your farms you so can like do a video podcast. I want to see it all. I want to see the bees. I want to see the cover crops. <laughs> oh my gosh, we really would so. love that. You're
1: welcome okay. anytime. That would be so awesome.
0: <laughs> all right, I'll link up with you because I like to do those. Guys. It's fun. I think it's fun to be able to actually see what's going on. But this has been so amazing. I'm happy to meet you. I'm like, yay, fellow Soul Tribe. <laughs> so,
1: yay! I feel the same.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Out Health Podcast. I hope this episode served as inspiration and something that you needed to hear in your life. If you have a friend or family member that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And also please subscribe. I have so many more amazing guests coming. I have just been so gifted and honored to meet so many incredible health professionals in my career. And I cannot wait to share their messages with you guys. So please subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to rate my show, I would really appreciate it. This podcast is honestly an intuitive call to me to help spread goodness to the world. And so if you guys can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. If you want more info on this guest, pop over to my website, check out my podcast section, and you can get links to everything we talked about in the show um, and find out more about this guest and what, where you can go from here. Make sure you're also following me on Instagram. Uh, That is my most active platform. You can find me at coach Tara Garrison. You can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything is coach Tara Garrison across the board. And then yeah, if you want to send me a message guys and let me know other guests or other topics you want to hear on the show, please let me know. I am here to serve you. So I would love to hear from you. Would love your feedback on the show. And if you share any of these episodes, please tag me on social media. It's coach Tara Garrison.